Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled to be joined by Jenna Malone, who is an actor and executive producer on the film Adopting Audrey. And I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the initial way that you found into this character, because I love the way that you've described how you realized very early on that this was kind of a performance that actually required a real subtlety and a minimalism in, in terms of who the character was, particularly with the way that MK Hill, the director, Mike, was telling the story. And so I was really interested in, in kind of where in the process early on you realized that that was such an important choice in terms of the performance that you've ended up giving which is so beautifully nuanced and, and how that really helped you to find a lot of other aspects of her as well. Yeah I appreciate that question. Um, you know the world works in such mysteriously perfect ways that um, and it's so consistent I've really stopped questioning it. Um, I think that when I read the script you know you know that it's a simple story you know that it's going to be naturalistic but I had no formed understanding of what that would mean for me as an actor. I read it probably in 2015, we ended up filming in 2019. Um, and in that time I became a mom and sort of was like just getting back to kind of exploring acting again. And I had done these kind of four films back to back that were very like character driven um, with wigs and accents and, you know, like different time periods. And, and it felt like, which I love, you know, I love exploring that stuff. Um, but I realized that there was kind of a new fear space emerging. I say fear space, it's like the thing you want to push towards as an artist. Like, what have I been doing the least? You know, what still scares me? Where do I want to go? Um, which was doing more of like a, a being there type of thing, you know, really like the Peter Sellers film, um, which I rewatch again and again all the time of just like, how can I take all of it away? You know, like every willed choice and wig and costume and dialect and any sort of actor facade that I've played, you know, excitingly, there's nothing wrong with those things. Um, but rather, how can I just be on film? And I realized that I hadn't done that since I was a teenager, you know? Um, and in a way that felt kind of, exciting and new you know and so I told I shared that kind of insight with Mike before we started and he was like yes that's what we're doing this is let's that's it's perfect um so he allowed me a space to really develop that and make it exciting for me and you know without a lot of rehearsal and kind of whatever I needed to kind of just drop everything you know and keep dropping keeping you know making sure that I was not putting things on um which was really exciting. I really liked it. I thought I was going to be more scared or there would be more vanity involved or something, you know, and it just, it wasn't there. It was just full of, you know, excitement and kind of glory. And I feel like it really helped me as an actor reconnect with a part of myself that I had kind of maybe stopped exploring, you know? I really love that. And you're bringing up there that, that there wasn't really very much rehearsal time on this, this film. And, and some of that, you know, it sounds like Robert who plays Otto, I know that he couldn't kind of get over to the States to film until the last minute. I know we had a visa issue with Robert. That was amazing. We almost didn't have him in this movie. It wouldn't have been the same. 
But I love the fact that the two of you kind of both approached it in the same way in terms of those that very nuanced performance style. And that's part of why that that central core of that friendship and, and that burgeoning relationship works so well. Um, and I was interested if actually like not having rehearsal and not having time to kind of go into dive into a lot of the weeds in terms of conversations and going through scenes with him actually helped with what you were saying from just coming from a very instinctual place for scenes together. I mean, it helped me for sure. I don't know if it helped any of the other actors in the process, but um, but we did rehearse a little bit. And I, I think Mike worked with all of the actors individually, you know? So he had given them a space to ask questions and dive in and do whatever they need. Um, but yeah, I think it just added an element of life to the scenes that sometimes is hard to... Um, create you know and you know obviously so much of her going through this journey is is clearly to do with her own relationship with her parents in in wanting to kind of find an emotional connection that she hasn't had or been on the receiving end of in her life and there's that really you know tragic scene where she's practicing what she's going to say to her mom on the phone and then the moment that her mom picks up she's criticized for FaceTiming instead of just calling regularly and then hung up on. And we get so much in those two scenes of that dynamic. And so how, how in depth was it helpful to go in terms of what that parental relationship had looked like for her through her childhood, through growing up versus, you know, really just kind of going into it with scenes like that as they were on the page, because there's so much detail in just a few lines of the movie. Yeah. Good question. Um, I mean, I think that regardless of whether you're an actor or you study, you know, characters or you like reading novels, um, we're all very well familiar with the conundrum of being a human, human that is parented, you know? There's a depth of depravity and enlightenment and craziness that can be added regardless of whether you've had the perfect scenario or the weirdest scenario. We have a deep instinctual human understanding of what we want and what we need in that experience. So I felt like when I read Audrey's story, it felt very universal. And that of course you do the, the, the work of making the specific choices of what this was there and what this was here and who was her mother, but almost that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing was then taking the leap after that. Okay, so I have this relationship with my parents. What do I do now? And that conversation is the one that is the least communicated in this day and age. You know, it's like not a lot of adults are asking, how can I have a great relationship with my parents? Or what is my relationship to my parent? And you know, mostly we just say like, okay, zero to 18, that's the one that gets communicated about. And then everything else is just kind of like this weird after thing that you talk about over want, you know, like there's not a lot of stories about adults still needing their parental figures, a support system, you know? And, you know, speaking of, of that moment for her as a character where she's going, okay, what's the choice I'm going to make to try and move forward through this and, and to try and change things for myself a little? How did that inform the way that you wanted to go into the scene where, you know, Audrey's picking up the phone and she's recording herself, you know, basically saying, I, I want to be adopted and, and essentially putting herself out there because that's, it's a very kind of quietly done action, but a really huge action for her as a character. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was terrifying. I never wanted to do that was the one that I didn't want to do. Um, and we actually had to come back and shoot that after the pandemic because it didn't get shot. He kept, Mike kept asking me to record. He's like, can you just record something that Audrey is doing so I can kind of just put it in the film? And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sounds so extreme and also so vulnerable. I just feel like it's such a vulnerable moment, but I'm so glad that he sort of forced it out of me because, you know, it really helps in understanding her journey, you know? And it really, the more vulnerable a character can be, the more, you can sort of, you have access to them. You can enter into their world. And so I think it was a really smart move on his part to add those, those pieces. I also kind of really like the fact that the first people that she meets, you know, it, it doesn't work out for her straight away and it becomes something that she is still proactively pursuing even after setbacks. And that, that montage of her having different meet and greets with different, you know, older adults than her, is kind of like very similar vein to like when you watch someone in a rom-com on a montage going on a bunch of dates before they meet the one. Was it was it helpful in terms of understanding a little bit more about what this means to her and seeing the failed, you know, intent of, of really trying to put this together and it just not working, but knowing that she still really wants to make this happen for herself? Um, yeah, it's important. I mean, like you said, it's like, it's, it's, it's a setup. It's a setup for the audience member because we need to know the stakes. We need to know that this is not just like a, a, a random whim that you just stumble into, you know, this is not like the new, like a, a TikTok legging that you order, you know, cause there, we, we all have these very mindless disassociative, um, kind of, you know, soothing, um, activities that we have with our digital apparatuses now, you know, whether it's watching um, animal videos or zoning out on social media, we all have this now very unique and independent want and expression of zoning out in a digital content space. And so I didn't want it to just be like a random whim. You know, she is very, she has a lot of like, oh, you want me to do this? All right, I'll try it. Um, but rather something that she really wanted to keep at and keep going. And yeah, I like the romantic comedy um, analogy. That's really funny because it is kind of like that. It is. And, you know, you're bringing up there the idea of, of escapism through digital and social media, which is also a proponent of the film. And there's there's moments where like we as an audience also get to see what it is that she's watching and just kind of that that quiet escapism that that gives her at the end of the day when she's just laying quietly in bed or sitting on the couch. Um, did did Mike give you a sense of or kind of show you the videos that he was imagining editing in? Or like, did you have a sense Not of what she was watching? I had no idea what I was going to be watching. He's like, you're just watching videos. I was like, okay. Let's try. No, we had a few. We had a few temps that I was watching, but no, it was, it's it's now something completely different, which is cool. I mean, in general, the film has so many really beautiful, quiet moments in between with your character where we're really just getting to watch her in the quiet space when she's by herself. And, and so how did you and Mike... Um, go into scenes like that together and really figure out what's the space of the character what is it that we want to convey to the audience in these particular moments I mean basically we developed a rhythm where I would just get on set for those scenes the camera would be up and we wouldn't talk at all you know mm -hmm. they would just roll and I would just discover it all in the moment sort of you know like and he a lot you know created a space where that could be captured in a good way. So, you know, we were still capturing things. Um, 
yeah, we just didn't talk a lot. <laughs> he just kind of opened up the space for me and then kind of let me in. And then I just kind of discovered things. And sometimes a take would take 20 minutes, you know, because I'm trying to build something or something wasn't found and I had to go and find it or, you know, um, but I love that. I mean, that's like super fun for an actor you know, to do that kind of work. I really love that, you know, and, and you're talking about building things. I mean, literally we see you on screen building this tree house. And, and one of the things I thought was interesting about Audrey is because she's constantly kind of picked up and moved around and taken all these different jobs that she actually has a really fascinating array of skills that she's developed over time. You know, she talks about having been a cook at a resort. She also, you know, we see her know how to kind of redo the window decal on a used car dealership. And, you know, we see her building this tree house and it's very clear from the get-go that she knows exactly what she's doing and and so how did you kind of go into it thinking about what all the different skills that she would have that would be real attributes would be as someone who's tried a lot of things um and then even just filming those scenes with the treehouse because I imagine that was incredibly intricate for you as a performer to go in and carry that off yeah I mean the thing is is that I I've known this character of Audrey in my own personal life so many times um, I grew up in Lake Tahoe. There's so many transient worker, you know, people coming in for just like their cooks during the summer. Or they come in the winter. They have all of these different skill sets. They travel around there in Colorado here. They go to Antarctica in the summer. You know, it's sort of like they have, um, I definitely knew that aspect of her really well. Um, but I mean, a big feature was that she actually doesn't have these skills, but rather is not ashamed nor um, discouraged from just a acquiring them from YouTube. I mean, it's a very much like, yo, I need to do that. Okay. Well, how do I do it? You know, and then just diving in and being like, all right, well, that's how you do it. Um, I think that's a very modern skill set, and it's a really interesting conundrum of a modern human of, cause then, well, if you can just do anything, oh my God, my cats just knocked something over. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can do anything, then what should you do? because sometimes having that sort of depth and breadth of choice can be discombobulating. You know, it can also add like a, what do I do if I can do anything, you know? And so it's not, it's not the easiest type of skill set to just harness. Um, but I definitely learned how to, you know, I worked with a person to help me learn how to do murals and I learned, you know, how to do basic woodworking stuff. So I, I you know, as an actor, I had to learn a few things definitely. And in talking a little bit about the the friendship that really builds between her and, and Otto, you know, what I love about it is it's two people not becoming intrinsically different people by the end, but still going on a journey and going on an arc. And so how did you approach it in terms of knowing that there is a shift and there is a change in a character that's working towards the idea of maybe staying in the same place for a little bit longer, you know, which again is, you know, that, that kind of like quiet, but large choice for her, um, you know, but it's not her becoming a completely different person overnight. So it kind of goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning with kind of the slightly smaller choices being the really impactful ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful way to put it. Um, because we all know that that's not how life works. You know, we don't have big epiphanies and then our entire lives change. We have big epiphanies and in seven years, we've finally now done enough small changes where it looks like a little different. You know, like it's not, nothing is overnight. Um, and, you know, what, what's really interesting is that it's not just, what I like is that it's not, what really I responded to with Audrey is it's, 
this is not just someone having an isolated experience. I feel like we can all see parts of ourselves in Audrey's journey, even though our lives may look completely different. Um, I think it's deeply in the collective consciousness right now of like trying to step out of self-reliance and step into community, community care. How do we step out of grind culture and into a job force that supports us and makes us feel like whole rounded individuals and human beings? Um, so in a way, it was sort of easier to fill out all of those colors of like, of course, she just decides to stay there, you know? That's more of the logical choice. Um, and of course, she's like, may not be fully on her journey with friends, but through a very individual experience. I really, really love that, you know, and, and also very early on in the relationship with Otto, you know, he's very closed off at the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. he doesn't really have an interest in this. It's come through his wife, Sunny. She's the person that's invited Audrey into their home and, and not even told him what the true reasoning behind it is at the beginning. Um, but I thought there was, there was a really delicate balance in the fact that when he's kind of closed off and he's got walls up and he's, he's shutting Audrey down in conversation, like, oh, you're asking me about my work, but you don't have this degree. So you can't possibly understand that she still kind of has an inquisitiveness in a way to kind of quietly draw him out without pushing too hard. So it's like, I'm still going to ask questions, but I'm not going to be, you know, pushing it too, too hard. Did you find that that, that balance for her as a character and how she kind of gets him to open up gradually was very much from, from Mike's writing or was there a slight delicacy to finding it in some of the scenes as well? I mean, it was all there in the writing, but then of course, then it's, you know, it, it always changes in the embodiment of it. But um, I mean, it's really, it's two islands meeting islands, you know, it's not like, it wasn't a, a boat meeting an island where you have to interact with it and change it and, you know, move it. These are two very self-reliant, deeply on their own spectrum and space kind of individuals. And in that way, they built a bridge because they kind of saw that similarity in each other, that they weren't here to change each other. They weren't, they were not going to be changed, but rather they both had an inquisitive and enough curiosity about the other's experience that it sort of built this really delicate bridge towards each other. And I think that's just amazing writing on Mike's part. You know, I think that, um, cause that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And how did you, how did you view the way that they express these things to each other? Because they're not, you know, the way you're describing it, they're not people who kind of necessarily say their feelings out loud, but you know, the idea that she's going to stay longer to, to build this treehouse and to stay there is kind of them being like, I want to spend more time together. And, and I like spending time and hanging out with you. Um, and so how did you find a lot of the unspoken aspects of what this friendship becomes? Um, I mean, I think it just felt so human. Humans literally don't say, I like you. I want to spend more time with you. They say, come over and have pizza with me. You know, we're always giving um, activity buffers for human connection. We need an activity buffer. We need to say, you know, come over and build this treehouse. Come over. There's a potluck. Come over. I need help with my car. You know, it's not just come over and sit with me, you know? And so that felt very normal because that's what we do. Um, but it was nice that it was written in the story to allow those other aspects of the need of intimacy to come out under those sort of buffers of, you know, um, activity, you know, um, it felt really easy to explore those aspects because it's so deeply human. Absolutely. You know, and I'm also, 
I also like the fact that we don't just hear about his relationship with his kids, that we get to see what that dynamic is and, and how does that dynamic fit into the role of their family with Audrey now coming in and being a part of this as well. And so for you, how did that change things or what was the dynamic that you felt was the most important in those scenes as they're kind of all trying to re-navigate what this space is? Because there's even moments like her and Otto's daughter and it's, you know, who's going to be the person to walk and help the grandmother go inside because it used to be her, but now maybe it's you and no one's quite sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awkward, you know, like being with each other is awkward. Like it's, it's really hard to form any kind of unit these days, you know? Um, I mean, I loved all, all of those sloppy messes because I mean, I think once the, the, the family's children enter the film, it kind of wonderfully hijacks the movie into a different type of thing. It brings a completely different type of energy, which, which is helpful when it starts in such a simplistic way, you know? Um, yeah, I loved all of those. I mean, we had some really amazing actors on board, so that was really fun. Is, there's also another interesting aspect in terms of we're, we're watching a character who's, you know, as she describes it, sometimes the wheels just fall off a little bit, you know, so she moves into a car, she's, you know, evicted from her apartment and she's up against adversity, but we get this real sense of, you know, she knows how to, she has mechanisms for kind of pushing through this. And so there's a real stoicism to it. It's not, I need to fall apart a little bit. It's like, okay, things aren't going the way I want them to. So this is what I do. This is what's going to get me back on track. Mm -hmm. um, and so how did you view that side of her in terms of watching her as a character going through adversity in the film, but not being someone who's falling apart from it because she has, you know, unfortunately a lot of experience in this, but also coping mechanisms to really understand how to continue moving forward in life. Yeah, it's a really good um, awareness because what's what's so interesting is that is not new to us, but rather it's a new expression. So in Robert's or Otto's generation, that was expressed as stoicism. And then in our generation, it's sort of expressed in that happy-go-lucky, like there's an odd positivity to it. And it's sort of like, well, whatever. It's like out of the apathetic 90s, we're allowing this sort of like, I can do anything and I don't really care about anything, you know, like um it's a new different type of energy that's emerging so it was important to me that she wasn't jaded I felt like that was much more of a, a modern expression of this type of listless rootless um transfer you know chameleon type of human um previously that is like jaded and road worn and you know kind of like has lots of walls and that's just not who she is you know there's a softness to that where she's still trying you know at least a little bit and um and and I thought that that was really unique you know to to what I had seen in film previously yeah, absolutely. I think that that's one of the things that really stood out in the way that, that you've all told this story. And it's such a wonderful performance and really appreciate you talking about it. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you so much. Sorry we were a little late. <laughs>